from the PSI AASI Mobile Studios at Huntley Lodge, Big Sky Resort, Montana. I'm George Thomas, and uh, you're listening to First Chair with guest host Jeff Krill. So, George, I'm glad to, that you're able to come out today, and uh, you know we're going to talk a little bit about your experience, and this is a little bit of a switch for you, because usually you're the interviewer here, but today you had the opportunity to come out and uh, learn to monoski for the first time with the adaptive group that was here at National Academy. And, uh, you know, I want to hear a little bit about your experience and, you know, like your fears, kind of what went through your mind. And, you know, there were a lot of things that I learned about you throughout that experience, too, Uh-oh. that were that were pretty <laughs> special as well. That, you know, and, I, and we're going to talk about those throughout our your next few minutes here together. So, first of all, why did you do it? You know, it's something I've wanted to try for a long time, Jeff. And I just was really scared of getting into a monoski. Um, it looked terrifying to me. And I've... A big part of me has always wanted to get into teaching adaptive, and I thought you can't do that unless you actually can get out and try this. And uh, talking with you yesterday, I was like, I'm going to do it. And waking up today, seeing beautiful weather, uh, it was warm, no wind, and I just left my ski boots in the room and came down with my shoes and was like, nope, you committed to doing this. So George, when you uh, you first thought about it, you know, like what were the fears and thoughts that you had a minute? You know, I mean, it's it's a completely different experience, and and we go through the same thing when we have a lot of our adaptive students that show up for the first time. It's that fear of what's this going to be like? How different is it going to be from maybe the way that I skied before or in the past, or I never have? You know, undertaking something like that of sliding down on snow, especially in this situation where you're sitting down. I mean, I'm sure a lot of different things went through your head. Uh, one of the things I always say is it's. Once you show up, we've got you. But what went through your mind before you did make that decision to actually show up? Uh, I was nervous because I knew I was going to fall a lot. And I don't mean that in coming in with a negative attitude, but I was just like, you know what? You're trying something brand new. Odds are you're going to be hitting the snow a lot today. And uh, not knowing what sitting in uh, the ski was going to be like, what was I going to hurt? Uh, I've got some old injuries on both sides of the body that I was nervous about re-injuring. And then it's like, you know, you got to just let that go and do this. Sure. And I think, you know, you had a few preconceived notions about what it was going to be like, too. Or, you know, you, you look at this as single ski and you see, you know, angles happen and people think a lot about leaning all the time. And that really wasn't a part of it. So you had to kind of get past what your thought process that that was the way that you turned a monoski or a sit ski or a lot of adaptive equipment. More happens on the the rotary plane than it does on the edging plane in the very beginning. Um, one of the cool things about you know going out with you today that I saw, and you can tell us a little bit about that, is that you know it, it brought about you know you you have had some injuries in the past and whatnot that we didn't really know about. You know we've talked about some things you know in our in our time together and um, here at PSI Aussie, but I didn't know to the level that you had fusions and you know weakness in one arm, and we made some adaptations on the fly out there that enhanced your skiing. Can you talk a little bit about those to us? It really surprised me. I mean, sitting in the ski on flat terrain I felt real comfortable in it but then when I'd start to slide I always felt like I was on a side hill and uh, the the people that were helping me kept saying you're not this is flat (laughs) but my body was telling me it was on a side hill and it it really I had no idea the amount of adjustability that was involved in the uh, actual seat itself or in the outriggers and the changes that you made to adapt to me made a huge difference it was once you had that dialed in I was actually very comfortable I mean it kept crashing but that's just part of learning to me and um, I had a lot of fun yeah and can you tell us a little bit about you know the 
the subtleties of it. You know, I think that there's a, a perception too that you're gonna have to be very strong and people are always asking you, oh, you've gotta have such great upper, upper body strength to do this. Did you find that when you, when you took on this challenge today? I found that when I was using upper body strength, which I lack, uh, I was doing very poorly. And when it was easy and I was just doing what you told me to do, it was really easy and smooth. Yeah. It was like, whoa, this works. And then um, I guess that's just part of trying something new. But when I would feel a little bit off, I would stop doing what you told me to do and try to muscle it. And I, no. <laughs> Yeah, and I think that really brings home something for, for all skiers and riders or anybody that you know works with anything that slides on snow. It's the subtleties, and it's the minutia of it that's the really important piece to it, right? When you try to muscle, I mean, you're working with gravity. You're moving along the length of the ski. You know, when you try to muscle things, or you try to push or you try to shove is where you run into problems, right? And it's, the, it's, it's those little tiny movements and when and where to move that you, and especially when you're on one. You know, you think about, you know, your your day-to-day -day life when you're out on two skis and you have the ability to platform off one and then move to the other, right, at different points when you run into trouble. When you have one ski, there's one board, and it's the same thing for a snowboarder, moving across it at all times, and that's why you see a lot of snowboarders struggle in the very beginning part of their lessons, too. You know, you see the downhill edge crash, you know, you catch an edge, and you probably experienced that a couple of times today at different points when you didn't commit to moving across the, the actual tool. Correct. Very much so. In fact, I think that was my biggest issue. I was, uh, like Linda Garrett pointed out, George, you're, you're trying to turn on the wrong edge. <laughs> <laughs> because I would just get caught up. I needed to just get out of my head, which is what we tell people in every lesson. Is, you know, um, Again, when I would do what you would say, and you had a lot of subtleties, uh, ear to shoulder, a little bit like that, or um, when I would just guide it was easy and smooth I, I couldn't believe how easy it felt at times and then how disastrous it would feel when i would be sailing along just thinking oh my god this is great i got it no no you don't yeah. <laughs> and i think you know for a lot of folks you know maybe your, one of your thought processes was too that the outriggers were what were going to make you ski right you have these little skis on the end of these poles right that you're you're turning with and it's actually the tool underneath you that does all the, the work how you interact with it you know with the outriggers and your body and counter and things like that are important but it is the tool underneath and how you move across it and move to the new edge, how you pivot when it's flat. That transition place is really the magic point. And I think you, once you start to find that, you had a lot of success. Agree 100% with you on that. The outriggers, which I thought were going to make me feel very stable, never did. Um, I, like I was telling you, I felt one track. It was like, whoa. And I, I, um, when you had me sitting still on the flats, I had no problem just picking them up off the snow and, and I felt very comfortable. Um, and then for some reason it seemed like my upper body was really fighting against me um, doing what you're just talking about of allowing the ski to do what it's supposed to do because I was thinking, ah, oh, I gotta make this turn with these outriggers. Right, and really the purpose of an outrigger is that it is a gliding pole. Right? It moves you, you know, when you have it and you move in the direction of a new turn. It's go doing the same thing that any stand-up skier does when it, in relationship to the direction that it moves in. But at the same time, it is also your rotary and steering mechanism, too. So one of the things that, you know, as we are working through it, if you can relate that what the outriggers do to what your feet do as a stand-up skier, you can really simplify the process. And between long leg and short leg, inside ski turns faster than the outside ski. 
all these things come into play um, with the placement of the outriggers. If you have an excessive reach with your outrigger, that's like an excessive lead change in your feet. So there's so many correlations between what you do as a stand-up skier and what happens as a sit skier that you can start to bring back. And that's where it really becomes um, being able, when we talk about adaptive, Adaptive is cool because you are adapting what everything that you know about good, solid fundamentals of alpine skiing into this piece of equipment. And I think you started to feel that today. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. The, um, the times when it felt easy, in my head, I was like, this is just skiing, which is what you've said all along. And, and it, that's what it felt like. It, it was such a great feeling to actually nail a few turns, link them together, and be having fun instead of oh, now I'm fighting it again um, it, it just works and again when I would use my body the way you said um, it was not difficult yeah, but so for some reason I kept not wanting to do that yeah. so tell me, tell me a little about and I mean and Murmur would love this if she was sitting here with us in this interview too because she always does all the fear clinics all the time but can you tell me a little bit what was the process you kind of had to go through in your head to overcome your fear in taking this on because there, there's times where you just feel like you're not in control of your body and the, this little slope that's our beginner area where we take and, and also to be a beginner again in a completely foreign environment right you know you've taken away what you know every day and walking around is gone now right and that was the same for me when I learned and how am I going to work through this to actually use my body in a different way what were your fears like what did you how did you battle through and like how I'm going to get through this and I'm not going to hold back that's kind of an odd question or odd answer, I think, that I'm going to give your question because I was really nervous last night. Um, I wasn't sleeping very well because I knew I was going to be crashing a lot today. But when I came out and um, you all fastened me into the seat, I, I got very relaxed and was actually looking forward to it and uh, determined to make it work, um, which I don't know. I, I crashed a lot and was always looking forward to just getting back up and sliding again because first off it was like that didn't hurt that bad yeah. until I high sided twice right. <laughs> but it was I, I mean I really I've developed an attitude of I just want to do the best that I can I, I wasn't getting frustrated I didn't care what anybody thought I looked like which for me I think is huge of just it was I want to do this and um if there was a difficult time for me, it was it was just in, um, I want to go more. I was really frustrated that, that the day came to an end. I wanted to keep trying it. I, yeah. I loved it. <laughs> and then we're going to catch you out there again for sure at another time because, you know, this is something you can build upon, and, and it is. And I think you're going to have a lot to give back to um, some other people in the future because of this experience and, and what, you, what you went through today. And, you know, an, an, another piece that I like to think about in your in your fear and, and battling think about that individual who and you've had injuries in your life you know well through, and that's something too accidents and, and i mean you know i had to learn like how to i hurt. had to learn how to ski three times i mean the first time and then coming back from an accident in 84 and then coming back from the latest one i mean i've been terrified on my skis you know two years ago wow and i thought i was bad that i had to relearn to ski <laughs> twice in my life but now you, you beat me out so you so know, today and, and, was four right you know so exactly in a different way and you know and that is that is a fear but it, it's because you love the sport i think that's that's what it comes down to is that you you love to be able to slide and find different ways to do it and you know what i tell my friends all the time is that you know that 
at, they're going to age out at some point and maybe you know they're all going to end up in wheelchairs at some point the difference is i've been in one my whole life and i'm good at it and you're going to be terrible at it by the time you end up in one so you know the thing is you've learned another modality to be able to ski and you're going to be able to pass it on and you always know that that type of skiing is there for you in the future and i think that's something that i think as all skiers and riders should know that as things as you go through injuries and you age out of your sport or knees start to hurt that there's equipment out there that's going to enhance what your capabilities are out on the snow don't look at i hear people that come up to me all the time and like and i'll ask do you ski anymore and they're like no i can't my knees my, i got bad knees and i'm like you said that to the guy who's paralyzed in a wheelchair i always find that fascinating and funny but it's you know and those are the kind of things you know you make a choice because you love the sport and you want to be out there you want to be with your friends family and you want to ski i think that's the most important thing and you find ways to do it and it doesn't matter that you're doing it standing up it doesn't matter that you're sitting down you're doing it on one leg for tracking there's so many or a ski bike there's a lot of equipment out there that is for folks to be able to go out and slide and have fun with friends and family on the hill and i think once you realize that it's going to be there for you forever for the rest of your life you know one thing that stood out to me today was the help that we were getting from the other people that were out there you know, picking me up repeatedly and it's not like i'm light yeah it's 175 pounds this guy's lifting and then pushing me up the hill and um, I've, I've heard some people say, well, I, I hate having people, you know, assist me or whatever. And for that, that didn't bother me today. Um, you know, I thanked them a lot because I knew they were doing a lot of work. But uh, when I was laying in the, in the snow, not able to get up on my own, I had no problem with somebody helping to lift me up to keep me going because I knew they were out there to help. Sure, and I think another thing you know that comes out in this too, and, and just your your thought on this is that there are um, there was a lot of work involved, right, in the lesson, and even on your part there was a lot of work. You know, you said you you fell a few times or a bunch of times, even at points. yeah, more than a few. Yeah, but you know, but and that's part of learning anything. But at at the same time, was the process of you know going through those little those few falls and the struggle. Did you see the bigger picture and the value in putting that? Because we have a lot of adaptive equipment that we could put somebody in and just take them up on the mountain and give them a ride and ski. But we put the progression in, the education of the instructors who are working with you were there. And I think you felt that and you saw that there was a path to something more. Because it's very easy to give somebody the ride and the way out and an experience up the mountain. And we have all kinds of sit-down equipment that you can just slap tethers on them and there is a reason and a time for that and you're usually trying to work through something. But I think what was really important is that you were working through a progression just like anybody else. You had to learn your straight run. You had to learn your first turn to a stop. You went through a basic alpine progression. You just did it sitting down. And there was a value in that. And because of that, you'll be an independent sit-down skier. And I look forward to that being in the future for us together, too. I would love to go skiing with you. That would be a blast. Um, and what a goal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, what did surprise me was when uh, Jeff, uh, the other coach Jeff, said, hey, how about if we go up the magic carpet and go up higher? And then we went up two magic carpets. And I was actually excited. I mean, part of me was like, oh, boy. Um, but it was like, hey, I'm, I'm making progress. I really feel like this is coming along and I'm having a lot of fun. And then you showed us garlands and I was thinking, there's no way. Um, and it was like, yay, I can do this and then make a turn and do more garlands the other direction and then started linking turns. And um, 
I guess my one regret from today, which I've already said, is that I didn't have more time. I really would have liked to have just done straight runs for a long time and felt very secure with that and um, been able to continue this tomorrow because it, it's, it's just been amazing to learn something new, um, be afraid of it, and then feel some success. Yeah, I think, I think that's, it's great when you start to feel those little successes, as small as they may be, because you're also seeing in that success the value in the long-term goal. And I think that's important for any, anybody with a disability that decides to come out and work with us. You know, it doesn't happen all in one day. And, and you saw that too. You know, and, and you already know how to ski. You know how a ski moves. You know, you know so much about skiing. But you need to actually be able to um, make that commitment to show up on a regular basis to to learn this sport. It's not gonna happen in one day. And you can't be frustrated because you did ski or you have a knowledge about skiing that it's gonna happen for you right in that moment. And, and I think anybody who's a new learner has to, to be able to accept that. And sometimes that's that can be frustrating for somebody with a disability and or because they, they had this as a part of their life before an injury or some kind of a, um, an accident or disease that maybe has got them to this point where they have to use this piece of equipment. Well, and that brought up something I thought about a lot today where um, maybe I'd engage my legs to, to try to help myself with the turn and I would really consciously think, stop, because I want to be as relaxed as I can from my hips down um, because my student wouldn't be able to use their legs. I mean, the muscles wouldn't be engaging. I want to know what this would feel like. And then it made me think, what happens if I'm paralyzed from sternum down and I can't engage my abs. Um, and then I am, it, it really made me think about my body and what other people would be going through doing the same thing. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you know, you have these body parts that work for you. And, uh, and I'm going to use a quote that uh, Wendy Shrupp, our 32 degrees editor, um, said when we were putting together the adaptive manual. She's like, so basically, Jeff, you're saying, turn what your mama gave you. And, I'm, and that's true. So, you know, when you've got, when you have a functional part that you can use, use it to the best of its ability, you know, and you can try to mock and role play. But I don't think I then, was. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was making things worse. I think it's more that you didn't know how to use it. Okay. <laughs> so in going through that process is, you know, you can, you can role play, but you have the functionality of these things. Maybe you have to dumb it down for a little while and keep them more quiet and subtle in, in, in the learning phases and not try to muscle through it because that is the same thing as any beginner skier. They usually try to do too much, make too big of movements instead of keeping it nice and subtle and smooth. It doesn't take much to get a ski onto edge. Well, and I was thinking as I was doing those things of the beginner skier, you know, they're going into a wedge and their arms go way up or you see other body parts kicking in, trying to make the skis turn. And I was like, George, that's what you're doing right now. You gotta stop. Yeah, and I can, and, and you can probably speak to this like a little bit too, because there was a couple of times where you were going down, there were other folks down below, and all of a sudden there's, you, the turn didn't happen for you quite as quickly as you wanted, and there was another sit skier down there and another coach, and maybe there was a little kid, and one of the, the genuine rules about sit skiing is you never want to make anybody a hood ornament on the front of that thing. And uh, one of the things that you know I saw you, and I always call it the, the do good or chew wood turn, is that you you somehow muscled or forced a turn to come around and you may have done it the wrong way right you either 
over rotated with the body or you tilted in and inclined or something like that. But you, you do what most beginners do. They find some way to muscle through to get those skis to come around. And that happened for you a bunch of times. But then very quickly you start to realize what the, if you did the subtle movements and didn't try to muscle or do an upper body rotation turn, you were actually making a much smoother and cleaner turn. And, and that, was, that was fascinating to see how you, you work through that process too. And that's all part of beginning, the beginner learning piece anyways. That's what everybody does. I can't get across enough how powerful it was to link five turns at the bottom of the magic carpet hill and just go, I did that. Wow. Right. I mean, I couldn't do a straight run for quite a while. <laughs> you know, and I think, you know, one thing I want to ask you, you know, before we summarize this thing up here too is, so what was that feeling, you know, you've been to the top of mountains and off-piste and crazy places, but how did that look when you're at the top of a magic carpet for the first time in a sit ski and you're looking out at the, the beautiful Montana Tana range here at Big Sky, biggest skiing in America, and you you see, did it feel big? Did it feel tall huge scary right oh absolutely and this is a place you've been thousands of times in your ski teaching career and every day but just because we changed the circumstance it was different it's, for you i don't know if i can stop or control my speed and what's going to happen if i miss a turn and you know i'm accelerating i that that's in the back of your mind yeah well George, I tell you, we had a great time today. I'm so glad that you came out with us. It's great to be able to talk to you about this, and you know, and letting me be the voice of Adaptive and interview you for a change is a is a great um, privilege and honor to be able to do that. And just to share what you went through, I think it's going to be very helpful to a lot of coaches. And you know what, I encourage anybody who has the opportunity to come out and come to National Academy. You know, one of the things we love to do is introduce a lot of our Alpine instructors who've been curious or they, they know what these skis can do. They've seen it. They've seen people at a very high level ripping around the mountain. And all of a sudden, they're, you know, like, I really want to be a part of that. And I think so many that we've touched this week have said, you know, now I think I want to get involved with my adaptive program a little bit. I want to do, I want to teach Alpine and I want to do this. It's just another awesome element to our sport. It's, uh, it's made me come up with the goal of I really want to get my adaptive level one next year. Yeah. And I can, if I can be a part of that, I'm there for you, 100%. And uh, thank you very much for spending the time and, and, and making the effort. Thanks, Jeff. From the PSIA, ASI Mobile Studios at Huntley Lodge, Big Sky Resort in Montana. This is Jeff Krill, signing off with George. <laughs>